So we're back again here. There was some confusion in our last episode, not only over numbers, because we recorded episode zero, then one, and then we called our third episode, episode three. Yeah, so this is episode four. So in episode one, we just went into this deep dive on Pavement's arguably worst album. Yeah, the most maligned album. Yeah, so if you'd never heard of Pavement, you're like, why are they talking about this band that I've never heard about, and why are they talking about their worst album? Well, these guys must be really cool if this is the way they try to grab my attention. But the Bad Pavement is still better than most other music. I still love some of those songs off that album. Without a doubt, and going back and revisiting it, I felt a new kinship toward it. And maybe it was the track order. Well, that's Nigel Godrich for you. So if you're not already well-versed in Pavement, the band, its members, its discography, this episode's for you. We told you that Pavement was one of our favorite bands. And, you know, us at the new Tad Rock, we're anything but elite. So, you know, to get rid of the confusion, um, you know, two areas of confusion, really, because you're like episode one, two, I don't know what number it is. And, you know, who the hell Pavement is. Here we are. Episode two. Pavement. Um, what happened to the bird? <laughs> so funny you ask. I literally found the nest tonight. This has been going on for, what, two, three weeks now? But the nest oh. is behind the garage door. So when the garage door is open, which it normally is when I walk into the garage, you can't see it because it's blocked by the door. <laughs> but tonight, because I'm in here recording um, and it's raining out, I closed the garage door and lo and behold, there's a little bird nest up there in the corner. Is there a baby in the bird nest or an egg? I can't really see up there because it's like nine feet up. Do you have a ladder? Are you going to see it tomorrow, I guess, is my question. I might just live and let live. Um, So anyway, so pavements. Yeah, that's what they call sidewalks in England. Nonetheless, in this case, they're a band (laughs) formed by um, two high school friends uh, in Stockton, California, at the tail end of the 80s, Stephen Malkmus. Guitarist and singer. Uh, Yeah, he came home from college back east over winter break. Yeah, that sounds like the plot of Less Than Zero. Uh, yeah, so he came back for winter break. I agree with you. Uh, it is certainly the book. Uh, and formed a band with his old pal, Scott Hamburg. Better known as Spiral Stairs, and currently someone who seems to rebuild casas in Mexico. Muy bueno. Seriously, Spiral Stairs in Merida, Mexico, which I think is on the Cancun area somewhere, he basically like buys these awesome small houses that like are mostly outside with water and fixes them up. Yeah, dude, and it looks beautiful. I would watch that. You know what? I would watch that show. So anyway, these guys get together over break. They're writing some punk songs. You know, they sound like arty, angulars, indie punk that they like so much. They recorded the songs more than they played them out live, so that was like the next step. Hence, they end up recording um, with this local guy, a drummer, and like uh, that, an older guy, like he's like double their age or whatever and he'd been in local punk or hardcore scene and he built his own recording studio at his house so they uh, could get in really cheap with tape and should spend like a day there recording like four songs at a time yeah. that's scary yeah they released a bunch of these i think maybe six of these eventually they put them out on an album called westing by musket and sexton noisy punk rock explosions very lo-fi questionable so tunings Alternative tunings, I think they call it. <laughs> Malkmus, Spiral Stairs, and Gary Young, they recorded their first real album, Slanted and Enchanted. Ultimately led to a bidding war amongst labels. The bidding war was won by the illustrious Matador Records. 
<laughs> I don't know how much of a bidding war it was. But I think Malcolmus was working in New York City at the time, and he wanted a New York label, and I think that's how they got it. Uh, but they were the preeminent independent label of the 90s, though Pavement might have helped them get there. So Malcolmus is in New York, and what is he doing in New York? He's working as a security guard at the Whitney Museum with Dave Berman, who went on to form Silver Jews and Purple Mountains, etc. Uh, and Bob Nastanovich was there, who was a college buddy of his. Uh, I think Berman was as well. They went to the University of Virginia. Yep. And then Nastanovich is around, and he kind of sort of joins Pavement as a auxiliary drummer and other multi-instrumentalist. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's the merch guy, I think, too. I believe he's like actually like would play second drums up on stage while having the money box at his feet or something. He's playing drums, and at the same time, Gary Young, our old aging hippie, is like one shot at rock stardom is getting wasted on stage and doing headstands. How big would they have been if he wasn't doing handstands? We'll never know. But he's <laughs> not playing drums while he's like falling down drunk, doing handstands on stage or handing out potatoes or something. So ultimately, well, true. you know, they had to fire him. Right around this time, bassist joins the band. Um, they fire um, Gary. I think they made Bob do it, Nastanovich, the second drummer. They got Steve West, who was Nastanovich's friend. You know, and then they get together with Crooked Rain, which was Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain was the official title. And, you know, after all the hype that came from Slanted and Janet, they tidied up their sound a little bit. I had a well-received album that was a pretty big indie rock hit. What was the first song? Silence Kid, which is a ripoff of Every Day by Buddy Holly. I also think there's a song that um, should be a big hit during the uh, lockdown. Cut your hair, man. <laughs> they had a video for that. Was it on Beavis and Butthead, or did they show it on like Real MTV? <laughs> I mean, wasn't Real MTV Beavis and Butthead for those years? <laughs> it kind of ended up being, in a way, rightly so. You got to see a bunch of videos. You didn't have to watch the whole four minutes. You got a 10-second hit here and there, and had some assholes maybe Alas, Pavement were not to become the next Nirvana. I mean, that was never their intention either. No, I mean, when your big hit, which was, well, there was Cut Your Hair and then Range Life came out and they had like a three-song EP around that and went up to college radio stations. But I think in, in Range Life, they did Smashing Pumpkins and Stone Temple Pilots. But that song at the same time, while they're doing that, they're also saying goodbye to that more arty, angular, punky, jagged sound of their first album and a half. And this is almost more like a Laurel Canyon sound, 1970s singer-songwriter vibe. You know, not as country as Garrett Graham Parsons, but certainly more punk than the Eagles. Who ironically sold more albums, but were half as influential. <laughs> Fair point. You know, and then... Wowie Zowie. Yeah, that was your favorite. Yeah. Chock full of songs like Grounded AT&T, Blackout, Rowled by the Rush, We Dance, Grave Architecture, and Fight This Generation, which for them was a bit of a commercial flop, selling less than Crooked Rain. So who's in the band now? Stephen Malcolmus and Scott Spiral Stairs Camper, who both play guitar and vocals, mostly Malcolmus writing the songs and singing. Mm-hmm. They're joined by Mark Ibold playing bass, drummer Steve West, and Bob Bastanovich. Who played the role of utility infielder. That's a good analogy, because uh, Pavement's one of the few bands that are vocal that they're actually sports fans. Yeah, they had lyrics about American football. A goal, on 
Feed him, feed him to the linden uh, lions. On the watery yeah, domestic. my secretary stumbles it's caused the cane to the count has led them astray in the hex. That song's sick. Yeah, and love that song still. And Malcolmus tweets about basketball. I don't know if you follow him on Twitter um, or if you follow the new dad rock. Oh, uh, so he plays fantasy basketball. That's what it is. Oh, yeah, I mean, he loves basketball. You're right. That's why he tweets about it. The reason you probably haven't seen so many tweets about it lately is they're not playing basketball. But he's a fantasy basketball guy. To get back on the topic of, like, what people might actually care about, we're trying to tell them about pavement. So pavement. The sound, what made them different? Was it the uh, lyrics, the wordplay, the secret knowledge they obliquely shared? What? They might have been trying to capitalize on the alt-rock you know, sound of the mid-90s. And the those lyrics, like you said, they're very esoteric, oblique, obtuse. <laughs> well, Malcolm was blamed picking the album singles after smoking too much pot. Which, I mean, that had to be a lot of pot. Because, like, Grounded. Yeah, to pick those. Uh, was Grounded those, a single? Grounded was not. He was ET, not. Like, We Dance. Like, these are fantastic Grave architecture. Songs. They're five, top five songs. Dude, Brink's Job. I always wanted to do a video for Brink's Job. Well, now that, you know, you can wear masks in the bank. <laughs> Finally. So, uh, when they went on tour for this, this is, uh, the, what tour, what was the Wowie Zowie tour? Where'd they play? They were doing Lollapalooza. It was 95. Uh, Sonic Youth, Cypress Hill, Back Hole, Jesus Lizard, Boston's. Yeah, we saw uh, Beck play solo acoustic on the stage. You know, he's on the side stage while Courtney Love and Hole are up on the main stage. But, you know, at this point, they played Lollapalooza for 20, 25, 30. Sure, but then they go home. And then they go home. The members of the band are scattered across the country. Like, they don't live in the same place. Yeah, and then at the same time, Stephen Malkmus and Bob Nastanovich are hanging out with their old buddy, the aforementioned Dave Berman, R.I.P. He had this band, The Silver Jews, and they were on a a, a few of their albums. They uh, went to record a Silver Jews album, but then David Berman left after the first day, just got up and drove home, didn't tell anyone. So they already blew the money. So they recorded an uh, EP, and one of the songs was called Give It A Day. Yeah, that was uh, a little EP that came out, and, and payment was known. They had five proper albums, probably another 50 or 60 songs that were on EPs, B-sides, compilations. Give It A Day, that was a three-song or four-song EP, and then they came back with their fourth album, finally. This is called... Bright in the Corners. Bright in the Corners, right. And, you know, they're still touring together. Um, yeah, but there were better hit songs. Right in the Corners. Shady Lane, Stereo. Yeah. So these last albums are more jammy, or at least right in the corners, more jammy. Doesn't resemble the jagged punk rock band that they had a few years ago when Gary Young's making grilled cheeses for everyone and falling off the drums. Yeah, you know, and they're getting into the more, and what I would argue is kind of an FM radio kind of sound. Like, I never understood why classic rock stations didn't evolve and pick up a few more bands along the way. And I think Pavement would be one of those bands that, you know, they have a ton of songs that could really satisfy the masses. And, you know, we talked last week about their final album, which was their fifth album, Terror Twilight. Yeah, we covered that excruciating detail in, uh, I'm gonna, in one of the episodes. I'm not giving it a number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, really, that's their fifth album, and like the Velvet Underground, who had five albums as well, were highly influential. This is like they're loaded. You know, there's a bunch of songs on there that, you know, after careful consideration, really shows you that this was a not only influential band, but they wrote some great songs. Yeah, loaded with hits, man. It was loaded with hits. I saw Lou Reed once in Montauk. I'm at Mr. John's Pancake House with my wife and a bunch of other couples. It's, you know, Sunday morning. We're all a little hungover, feeling good from the night before. Pancakes in the window. And we see this Mercedes trying to parallel park. And the spot, you know, this isn't like a city spot. This is Montauk. Between the two cars, this must have been a hundred foot long spot. And this big Mercedes is trying to get into the spot, and it's tapping the car behind <laughs> it. It's pulling it. It's tapping the car in front of it. It taps the car behind it again, and finally comes to rest. And it's it's centered there. And you know this older gentleman gets out of the car, and I'm like, holy shit! Was he driving? And then, he was driving. He was driving this big old Mercedes, and this is, you know, a Sunday morning at ten thirty or something. So he it, he comes into Mr. John's Pancake House and he sits down in a booth. And I should have subtly, subtly taken a picture of him, but I never would have gone. Hey, Mr. Reed, I, uh, I'm a big fan of yours. That sweet Jane, huh? Wait, so you had a camera on you in 1999 or 98? <laughs> no, no, no. I saw him. This is, oh. I don't know. This was right after that uh, Lou Reed and Metallica album had come out. Lulu. <laughs> Are you making this shit up? No, that's real. Lou Reed and Metallica put out an album together. Yeah. It's horrific. So, so anyway. pavement. <laughs> <laughs> so they they ended ceremoniously after the Terror Twilight tour in 1999, and then the band didn't really end; they just stopped. But it's 99, so maybe they just thought the decade's over. They're clearly a 90s band; it's over. Stephen Malcolmus went on to become a solo artist, and he's put out eight albums or so since then. But it's nice; you draw the line, you secure a legacy, you quarantine the past, if you will. <laughs> That's a lyric for those playing at home. Spiral Stairs went on to form the Preston School of Industry, and I think they actually released a song called that right before Malcolm's first album came out. So I think their two albums came out in, the, in 2000, but I think they came out like within a month of each other. I had a Preston School of Industry shirt that I bought at a concert. It was Preston School of Industry opening for Spoon at the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. Uh, Stratton was there. I might have been in Montauk at that point. Uh, so pavement. Um, anyway, yeah. So, you know, Mark Eibold, he's a bartender in New York City. He plays with Kim Gordon of Sonic Youth and, and, and some side projects. Steve West. He must have a regular job, right? Like, like uh, he's probably a car salesman or an English teacher. Yeah, who knows? Or, he's like uh, someone, he's, he's having kids and, you know, lives in Virginia or something. Uh, yeah, and Nastanovich uh, became a, uh, uh, a uh, like, he helped with the horses. <laughs> anyway, so since 99, they've done uh, a reunion tour in 2000. I went to it. Did you go? I did not go. I was I was actually in Germany at the time, but they played three nights in, in uh, Central Park. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I saw them at a Berkey Bowl. The Greek Bowl? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, they were supposed to play a couple dates in 2020 as well, but obviously those got canceled. Yeah, that was in the uh, Portugal 
the two shows there, La Primavera or something. Yeah. You know, look, let's let's give a brief summary. Okay, if you are new to Pavement and want to check them out, you can start at the beginning with their noisy punk jagged days, uh, best represented by their debut album, Slanted and Enchanted. An easier entry point might be Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, which has their kind of biggest hit, Cut Your Hair, which, like we said, was on MTV or Beavis and Butthead or something. And I think that's the album that I listened to that got me into them, and then I went backwards to uh, Slanted and Enchanted and Weston. Right. That was the fir- first one I heard. I mean, I think Watery Domestic EP had their first one. But I love Wowie Zowie, which is their third album. It's like... 17 or 18 scatter shot tracks. It's a really nice, mellow, acoustically dance. There's the all-country charm of Blackout. There's the scuzzy Brinks job that Keith brought up. It's all over the map. Dude, and then another poor choice for a single, Rattled by the Rush, though the riff was used uh, probably for 10 seconds or so in Friends. Yeah, it was definitely in a couple episodes of Friends. You know, and then their last two albums. The last two albums, I mean, just give me a second here. I think Bright in the Corners is strangely probably the album I listen to the most. Shady Lane and Stereo, I listen to a lot. I love those two songs, but after that, I... And Terror Twilight, which... And then a few of the Stephen Malcolm's solo albums that followed have, you know, that more refined, mature sound. You know, clever lyrics are there, but all the rough edges of the earlier jagged, punky stuff have been polished off. Yeah, and in between, they released countless B-sides, EPs, and stray tracks along the way. Um, I think they also did a couple uh, cartoon tracks, like Space Ghost or whatever. Anyway, many, but by no means all, which are gathered in various expanded editions of their albums on your various streaming services, and in physical copy if you ever buy them. And no, one thing about Pavement is what they put on their albums and what are their B-sides, there's really not a lot of rhyme or reason to it. It seems completely arbitrary to me. Like, the Rattled by the Rush single that you just mentioned, Keith, has three B-sides, and I like all three of those songs better than the single. I don't know, but we heard them as albums, though. I think that's what's hard. Like, now, like, we can make our own albums. But then there are all those other songs that you leave in there as well. Totally. Hey, do your kids even understand what an album is? Yeah, they definitely do. Do they listen to albums? Uh, I don't know what they do. The new dad rock. (laughs) Yeah, so the new dad rock, you know, we're trying to, you know, help everyone explore music. Um, you know, the lowest common denominator of mainstream music is just, it's, it's too bland and life is too short. Yeah. You don't need to listen to the Eagles and if you do, it doesn't have to be the same five songs. Yeah. And you know, I, I feel like Pavement is one of those bands that everyone should know. We should add them to our hall of fame. Right. That's a good idea. We should add, you know, okay. You know, the dad rock approved, you know, bands. The Hall of Fame band, Pavement. Oh, I can't wait for our uh, big TV show on HBO. Anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah, check us out on Twitter um, and maybe to a lesser extent Instagram um, where we're going to augment some of the content of these conversations. With pictures and backstories and further readings and quips. Anyway, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. <laughs> See you next week. Or not.